Hello and welcome back to the Step Play Podcast, episode 121. And for the first time in a long time, we've got all three of us on the show. So I was wondering if there was a heavy-headed Martino on the other side of this mic, considering this weekend's jubilant scenes, both in Milan, but also at the New York <laughs> New York City Milan Sporters Group. Uh, Martina, how are you feeling? Great, great. I, You know, I am uh, described as a, a pessimist by many, um, an angry fella, as some might say. I don't have an ounce of that in my body. The Did angry I, fella quote will be on your gravestone, by the way. Probably, but probably not because it probably died yesterday. I mean, I just like there's I I jumped in on Santangelo's halftime spaces. I we got I got to the to the bar at Legends. I'll just walk through it real quick just to just to go through it before we get through the episode. But just the whole process was like get there early morning because of the Premier League final. So the football factory is just basically a place where all fans of all clubs show up to support but it was relatively quiet um throughout the matches you know because city don't really have supporters so it was just mostly liverpool fans and they didn't have much to cheer about we'll get to that later but everyone was nervous around me like even people i didn't know they recognized me from twitter they came up they're like oh i'm so nervous for today and i'm usually pessimistic i said we're gonna dominate i was like it just i was like everyone is just like so worried that the team and the club is going to underestimate Sassuolo. I'm just like, what do you think they're going to approach this game with? You think Milan aren't going to, uh, you think Milan are going to underestimate Sassuolo, a team that's been a thorn in their side forever. They had seven different starters from the prior match when they lost three, one. So we're going to dominate. It's going to be easy. We're going to celebrate early and it's just going to be awesome. And, and the best part was they, uh, Serie A had a representative in the city that brought a replica Scudetto inside when the final whistle blew. So they brought it in and then everybody was just tossing drinks and everything everywhere. And it was just, it was unbelievable scenes. Uh, the videos were on Twitter, but yeah, there isn't, there isn't an ounce of anger in my body. It's just, uh, just constantly like scrolling through things. It's really weird on social media to see the championship one. I, I'm sure Matt could speak on it right now if he wants to, but just like it's it's a very surreal feeling. It's way better than winning Euro 2020, by the way. I, I have to say that much. I really let, do. Let, let's, I guess, start, because I think we're going to cover three things in today's episode. Let's start with uh, AC Milan winning the Scudetto. Matt, how are you feeling about it and how did you feel about this weekend? Relief. Uh, there's, there's so many different emotions. Uh, obviously, happiness, joy, uh, but relief, right? You know, I think um, last year getting second place to get that return to the Champions League after seven years, that felt like a certain level of relief too, right? Because I feel as though that the Champions League is a, a competition synonymous with Milan. They've had such a great history in that competition. And that's ultimately been the, the end game that we wish to reach and attain. And then to come back basically a year to the day, right? As we're recording here on the 23rd, this day last year, they clinched the 2-0 victory over Atalanta away. Two goals from Frank Cassier via the penalty spot. And now this year, we're celebrating a title, taking it back from Inter, who took it from Juventus after their nine years of dominance. It, it's it's hard to put into words, really, because I think, you know, we're fans, right? Like, Pat, you know, Arsenal, Martino, Milan, myself, Milan. And, you know, we're fans at first and foremost. But we also do a lot of content creation. And it's, sometimes it can be challenging to... You'll get up for a, a podcast recording 
after a miserable loss to a team that, you know, is bottom of the table or whatever. Those things are tough. It's, 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 it's tough to go through things. It's easy to go through a winning phase and be happy and to be behind the team and traveling and buying the tickets and buying the merch. And it's easy when you win. It's harder when you lose. And I think seeing Milan get to Scudetto with the tears from like Rafael Leao, who had an amazing season as MVP. Oh my um, God, that was the ugliest crying picture of all time. And an amazing like, game yeah, as well, right? Like, Three like assists. Just seeing the reactions, and there's so many stories and unsung heroes with the Scudetto team. Obviously, Ibrahimovic is one of them that comes to mind. But um, yeah, I just think, you know, not to get too in particular with their actual performance itself, which was a masterclass in the first half. Um, that really, you know, quelled all doubt. It made Milan fans like, wow, like we couldn't have dreamed of this type of first half. 3-0, coasting, the 18,000 fans strong in attendance. It felt like a home game and the fans were richly rewarded for their patience after so many dormant years, so many difficult years. Finally, we get number 19 and to take it off the scalps of, of, uh, of Inter a year after Hakan left for a rival. After Donnarumma chased money, the next year winning the Scudetto, it shows that there's patience, right? Patience is, is a virtue. It, it, it has a lot of, uh, it can test you, but the, the commitment to that patience in this project um, has been nothing short of incredible. And it's days like today where, um, you know, Martina, you can attest this, you're, you're just truly proud to be a Milan fan because you can see how much this club means to so many fans across the world, but also to the world of football. Because when Milan's great, football is just that much greater too. And, and, and the best part is, well, not best part, because I don't want to attack other people, right? We're not, we're not doing that today. Um, I'll say this. It's the irony. You mentioned patience. Gary Neville and Ralph Ragnick are now forever linked due to winning percentage as managers. <laughs> when Ralph Ragnick's winning percentage at Manchester United and, and Gary's over at uh, Valencia, I believe it was. Um, to, to me, it's just, that moment right there, there's like so many moments you could point towards like the turning, right? Because we're going back from, and it was also the day that Allegri announced when he was manager that Ibrahimovic and Tiago Silva were tar- were uh, leaving, right? There's just so much and I'll have to get to this and I'll try and speed it up, Pet, so we could do the rest of the show. But just to, <laughs> to kind of put it in chronological order, it really started with that, started with the sale of two of the best players, the two best players in Serie A at the time, right? Absolutely. And that sale happens. That pretty much launches what PSG is today. And then it's the downward spiral, the Muntari ghost goal. It's missing out (laughs) on the Champions League. And then the real Banta era started, like the real, like it arrived was against the Sassuolo side, against Domenico Berardi, who got subbed off yesterday due to injury. He scored four goals as a teenager. They lose four to three. You never see anything like Milan lose like that in my lifetime. And to just see Allegri's defeated face and he got the sack not too long after that. And then it was just a consistent downward spiral, losing against sides that you could never imagine. Ownership non-existent. Bring in new ownership. There's fans with banners up in stadiums saying, insert coin, save AC Milan. And, and then you're just kind of thinking to yourself, when is it going to stop? But like, how is this possible? How did this club get to this point? The, like arguably the greatest. You even heard Florentino Perez yesterday said it. This is our main rival for 50 years. Can you imagine that? Like the biggest rival, according to Real Madrid, not Barcelona, not Atletico, not Manchester United, not Liverpool, not Bayern Munich. It's us. And, and they disappeared 
basically, right? We have a whole generation of kids and on social media that had no clue who they were talking about. Matt's talking about content creation. You know how hard it was for us as content creator? And it's not even to be, you know, like self-centered, but just genuinely like to think like on how much more difficult it was to come up with topics, come up with positivity and ideas like, okay, it'll turn around if they do this. It'll turn around if they do that. They had a, they had an owner that no one knew existed who defaulted on hundreds of millions of euros of loans. We were embarrassed, kicked out of Europe, a laughing stock. Even when we got back into Europe, we're losing and getting eliminated against Olympiacos, uh, playing against Sticky FC, going to 18-round penalties against Rio Ave just to get into the Europa League, right? And, you know, just just the amount of embarrassing moments against so many sides. And to just turn it around, kind of relatively quickly with the type of management that they have and the ownership. And they didn't do it in the sense of we're dropping 250 million euros every single window and giving players that are so absurd in terms of wages relative to their talent. It was bargain buying. It was going window. Like Pierre Kalulu jumps in in the middle of a Scudetto race and he's pretty much flawless. Regardless of what I thought of him last year, Many didn't expect this, right? And and Ibrahimovic coming back. I mean, that ch- that changes everything. Pioli was trending worldwide to get the sack. Gianpaolo came in, and he was statistically the worst manager in the modern era for Milan, right? And then Pioli comes in, no one wanting him, never winning anything of significance in his managerial career. After what he's been through as a manager, not working in Fiorentina, Inter, Parma, um, I believe it was at Lazio was probably the best job that he did. And he, he didn't even win anything there. And to just almost get that sack when Ralph Ragnick was there, we were sitting here during COVID when football returned and Milan started playing well. And we didn't know if it was fluky or not. And there was that decision was Ralph Ragnick going to come in and was Elliot going to make that decision that was going to hit the restart button again. And they didn't. And that has to point towards the direction of what Matt Santangelo was saying with patience. And players like Ben Esser, Teo Hernandez, players that, you know, weren't really on, on the radar of a lot of top clubs anymore or outcasts at the biggest of clubs. And they brought him in and turns into an AFCON winner, turns into the best left back in the league by far. And Frank Cassie finally developed into somebody and, and everyone had an identity and a role. And this aging legend that wanted something to prove for the final stretch of his career came in and changed the entire mentality. There's just so many directions to point to. And I didn't even get to Paolo Maldini coming in and changing the culture. To me, it's just, it's one of the best stories in football in recent memory. I could only say this is the best league title of the past decade. And I might be biased besides Leicester City. I truly do believe that. And I'm okay. I, I think... Maybe Lil. Lil was insane. I, I think, yeah. I mean, I saw people being like, who's the bigger upset? And I was like, you haven't even got no. Lil on that no. yesterday, <laughs> no, last no. season. And I was just like, because no. the thing is, like, Milan did come second last season and Inter did lose yeah. their coach and they lost two really, really good players. One is like a top three in his position. One was top five in his position when he was playing for Inter. So <laughs> it looked like they were definitely going to be weaker. And look, they, 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 bought some pieces but none that were as good as that so i i don't know if it was that big as upset i think the the comp i made matt when you went on the show a couple of weeks ago was 
this is the equivalent, I think, to when Liverpool went really close with Brendan Rodgers. If sure. that team had won, uh, I think that mm. would be the like the perfect comp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously still incredibly impressive, right? And um, I think I've said this for a while, like some of the players that... Some of the players that have been used really regularly, Calabria, uh, Frank Kessie at times, uh, Brahim Diaz, uh, we know how streaky Olivier Giroud is, Alex Salamakas, mm. Junior Messias. Some of these players have played like a lot of minutes for a team that basically yeah. just won the league. And that's really impressive. And you have to credit the coach for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'd, and if I could just speak on, on Stefano Pioli, because I think um, Martino, you know, you, you raise a good point there. Like, I shared I shared a tweet yesterday, pretty much the exact tweet at ten nineteen of twenty nineteen when Pioli was announced, and it was Pioli out, sack the management, get rid of this guy, worldwide get rid of worldwide trend, man. It was worldwide trending, and I think at that time, I think you know, it was they didn't Milan fans didn't really know it was kind of just kicking the, the can down the road. You're getting another journeyman manager who's never won anything. Maybe he's going to be interim guy until they get their solution, and I, I think that. This is what makes football so special, right? Because a guy that hasn't won anything gets an opportunity of a lifetime to coach Milan when they're so down, steps in, and he becomes a, a, a champion for the first time. I think that's that's truly special. And the job that he's done with his team, the, the mentality he's been able to instill in these guys with the help of Ibrahimovic, but also the fact that with Ibrahimovic, almost as like a player-manager type type role for Ibra, been able to yeah. guide such a young crop of players. I mean, this is one of the youngest teams to win a Scudetto. This actually this might be the youngest team. Youngest since Roma. Youngest since Roma, right? So I think, you know, to, to tie it all up here, between Pioli being the sort of father figure and then having Ibrahimovic's role be so vital and Ibrahimovic coming in as like the main guy and he was the star and everyone said, oh, they're only Ibrahimovic. And for a while, Milan worked. They were really only Ibrahimovic scoring last minute heroic goals, getting some you know, shoddy results. And then this year, with the fact that Ibrahimovic had his sort of footprint on this team, he can almost take a step back and observe from afar. Uh, basically, at, with the job that he helped uh, do to get this team to where they are now as champions. C- can, I read, can, I, can I read some stats here, right? So sure. if I told you that, okay, so if we take 90-minute games, you play more than 900 minutes, that's like 10 games contributed. 40-year-old Zlatan Ibrahimovic, 1,009 minutes. Florenzi, 1,150 minutes. Romagnoli, 1,400 minutes, right? That's that's quite a lot for someone who's not your first-choice centre-back. That's like 15 games, right? 16, 17 games. Mm. 1,414 minutes, Rade Krunic. 1,430 minutes, Junior Messias. Alex Salamekas, 1,869 minutes. That's 20 games worth, basically. Brahim Diaz, 1,872. Pierre Kalulu, 1,939. Calabria, 2,124 minutes. Uh, Frank Kessie, who's not going to renew his deal, 2,300 minutes. These are players that you're not talking about them coming in and doing a job like a, you know, Arsenal, like a Mo Elneny or a, I don't know, a Cedric Suarez, who probably played more than he should have this season, or a, I don't know, Cesar Aspilicueta coming in for Chelsea every now and then this season, this is in his last season. These are players that have had to play, you know, a lot of appearances. Alex Salamek has made 36 appearances for a title-winning team. Pretty ridiculous, right? They virtually didn't have a 10 in the right wing of above-average quality through an or, entire season. Or maybe a right-back. top-scoring player had 11 goals. I think it was Rafael Leao and Giroud were tied for 11 goals. 
They didn't have some serial striker. They didn't have some Luis Suarez type guy that, you know, and that left winger is doubled consistently because he's the main threat. And it's not that Giroud isn't a threat. He's a totally different type of striker. And, and we all know it because he's played for both of our teams, but just it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's just true, right? Like you don't, you don't go into a match. Well, preparing. like put, put it this way, the thir- joint third most goal contributions for Milan this season are 40 year old Ibra. And who Teo. only made eleven uh, starts, and yeah, Teo Hernandez, and 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 that's and that's the thing though, and that's kind of like the point where I, I've made this to Santangelo, and I <clears throat> I might have made this point to you at one point, Pat, in, in messaging. I think that everyone in the league should be scared. I I genuinely think this. I know Inter is going to be reinvesting somewhat, but they have to raise like sixty or seventy million euros worth of funds. I know Juventus is going to retool. But this, this is the youngest winning squad in 20-something years. They're only going to get better. They have money to invest. They're potentially getting taken over by a new owner who will invest. They just got a massive bonus for winning the title. And and on top of the wages that they're cutting for some of these players, even if Ibrahimovic stays, it's already being reported that he's going from 7 million euros net to 2.5. So the amount that they could just reinvest alone with this type of leadership and directors up front. I mean, all they have to do is get a 10, a right wing. They're already getting Divac Origi. That's been confirmed. I think he's going to be f- good for Serie A. Portman looks like it's close. And Renato Sanchez. Like, are you kidding me? Like, like, what are we, what are we, what are we talking about here? Like, why, why isn't this going to be something bad? And they're put in pot one for the Champions League, which gives them a highly likely chance to advance out of the group because they're not getting a tougher group, by the way. Porto was setting records in Port in Portugal for how good their team was. Atletico Madrid still really difficult, and Liverpool, yeah, they just missed out on a quadruple by minutes. I think the one thing that's that 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 stands out, and we can move on to. Um, you know, what happened in England, because obviously there's so much to talk about there. Um, my one friend who's a Juventus fan, um, he's a little bit more distant. I guess he doesn't follow it as closely as he used to, but um, he texted me yesterday and he basically like, congratulating me, you know, because obviously we were together at IFD um, mm. as that's where I started writing. I did a lot of things with him and we became really good friends. And um, he texted me, he goes, you know, this, this Milan team feels similar to the 2011-12 uh, Juventus side where mm. it had like guys like Simone Pepe and Giaccarini and, you know, it Mark had its three. stars. Don't get me wrong. It had its stars. It had its, its top players. You had a good defense, but look, the, the, a great goalkeeper, Buffon, Magnon, not comparing them, but great goalkeepers, right? Great defense. As you mentioned, Martino, the fact that Milan went 16 straight unbeaten to end the season. Mm. And mind you, they didn't win it by penalties. They didn't like. I was the talking point. They last didn't year. get a. They didn't get a penalty. I think from the loss. From the loss in against Spezia, which against they Spezia. didn't deserve to lose because of that BS. So, uh, so this this the the way this team was able to win in so many different ways. They didn't lead the league in goal scoring. They didn't lead the league in in uh, least amount of goals conceded. They didn't have the most shots. They didn't, but they were able to navigate the season in such a way through injuries through. Um, you're not getting the right guys maybe in January. So Simone much doubt. Pierre, man. I, I think there's, again, there's something to be said about the way this team was structured. And I think if I'm being honest, um, this is such a model to take. Like if you're a team that has that pedigree and you're trying to get back, uh, this this is a special team here. And I think it's going to be remembered for a very long time. So many unsung heroes, Rod Krunic, um, Samuel Castillejo, they all have their little footprint, a little mark hmm. on this Scudetto winning side. And I think they're the best. A couple of weeks ago, when that we had that conversation with Stefano Pioli at halftime, you know, um, 
the job they've done, I'm paraphrasing here, the job they've done has been great, but if you win at Milan, you're remembered as a legend. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly believe that this is the way that Ibrahimovic should go out. Um, if he if he chooses to stay, great. But I think nonetheless, it's been a, it's been a great season to be uh, crown champions. And let's hope that we can beat Inter to the second star. Yeah. And, 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 and the interesting thing about Ibrahimovic before we switch leagues, by the way, the rumor is return to Milan for one more season, two and a half million euros net, or become the front man of the Rayola agency. Crazy, right? <laughs> it's two very different directions he can go in. So, hey, man, as long, as long as he brings some of his guys he might be representing over to us, I, you know, I'm not, I won't be opposed. Barisha, where are we heading next? We are heading over to, I guess, the Etihad, right? Uh, where, yeah. I mean, again, I uh, got home. It was half time, one thirty, uh, not one thirty. It was half time, and I hadn't seen. I don't know what time, it must have been. Five o'clock. hadn't seen any of the first half. Sat down, one nil down. I was like, oh, let me just watch this, and you know, if it gets to the last twenty minutes first, it's still one nil. It's going to be pretty interesting, right? City are going to have to have to win. Uh, I'll come back from behind and honestly like watching the game which I'm sure a lot of people who follow football at all will have seen at least the highlights when the second goal goes in for Villa the Coutinho goal Hmm. I've never heard like more of a pin drop in a stadium in my life like it was like everyone sat down on the coaches benches but that's but that's but that's probably since the second QPR goal all those years ago, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, like, it was—I don't know. There was just something about, like, surely not this season because like, because, of, because it's Liverpool on the other yeah, side of it. Is that what it was? I think also that, but I think also going out in the Champions League the way they did, which was mm. just like—I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I don't think anyone has. Like, you concede zero shots on target, and then you're out with an X three. You know, <laughs> it's just crazy to, mm. to, to, it's nothing it's like, yeah, it's football. Sometimes like one in a million times it happens. Right. But I think they were like, surely not. And there was the, the whole narrative of Coutinho, former Liverpool player, Steven Gerrard, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And you know what? Fair play to Pep, fair play to City because he bling, he brings on Gundogan. Uh, he brought on Sterling. Sterling. I thought they had no depth. <laughs> What's that? They had no depth. Well, they have they have less depth than Liverpool, to be honest with you. Um, one hundred percent. They have played with like a squad of eighteen or nineteen this season, which is oh, like, poor Manchester City. Lucky, yeah, continue, lucky, continue they've been, though. They've, they've been lucky. They've been lucky to not get injuries. To be fair, which is uh, although that being said, they have eighteen or nineteen players, but they have some players that can play like seven positions, which I'm sure is useful. And they cost forty or fifty million, like uh, Nathan Ake and. Uh, Second coming around, fool it. Anyway, the the first goal goes in, and you kind of felt that tension release, and then from then on in, it was just crazy. Really, I mean, the second goal from Rodri is really, really good. Really nice pass into the net. Keeper could do better, but it comes so quickly. And then the third, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, who he's probably going to go on and do three PFA Player of the Years in a row, which. I don't think has ever been done. Did you did you really think he deserved this one, by the way? I don't I, think he did. I think he's when he's played his best, he's probably been the, the best easily. And also importantly in the run in. Uh, yeah. and I and I know yeah. it doesn't matter, That's but fair. like he was unreal in every knockout game in the Champions League. He was well, unreal. To be fair, I think he was the, probably the, the best the player games. when Liverpool and City played. Oh, both games as well. Both games. Uh yeah. un, unreal in 
most big games that I've watched in in the in in the league this season. Like you ask most of the players who the best player in the in the league mm. is. You ask most coaches and you ask most um, like former players. They'll all say Kevin De Bruyne because he's just that good. I think there'll be an argument to be made. Like I think there was the- three clear players, right? Yeah. What did you say, Son? Salah. I mean, I guess you could toss Mane in there as well. To an Maybe. I, I just. But I, I think Salah and Son are there. I, I just think Salah had such a a, sec, a second half of the season low, and Son didn't start the season well. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for someone who's been good the whole mm. way through, but also the other the other narrative here, I guess, is like he re- when he retires, is he going to be up there with the you know the, the the legendary midfielders in the Premier League era? You know the Patrick Vieiras, the Steven Gerrards, the Frank Lampards. Like how highly is he going to rank? It's going to be very interesting. But I, I, I guess one of the things I want to talk about here, Martino and Matt, that's now four Premier Leagues in five years for mm. Pep. Um, I know they've got unlimited funds, but they're kind of also competing with teams that have unlimited funds. Well, well, <laughs> like- here's it. Well, that's that's the funny thing about the narrative, right? Because you always have to look on two sides of this, and it's yeah. really funny because there's a bunch of hypocrites in, in Serie A. Matt will tell you about this. So we can't have Liverpool fans, right, from one side of the viewpoint, say this is going to be the best English side of all time. But when Manchester City go and win the league against supposedly the best English side of all time, <laughs> what the fuck does that make Manchester City then? Right? Like, seriously. Like, I'm not a big fan of either club, right? I respect what they've done. They play amazing football. I think both both sides. I think anyone who says otherwise is just annoying and trying to build up some narrative about them. Like, but it's true, though. How the fuck is Manchester City not 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 up there with... With one of the great, like four and five is unbelievable. We yeah. can't say, ah, no, it was better when when Fergie was there because there was Mourinho. There. We can't also say the English Premier League in different arguments is the greatest it's ever been, but still try and knock down yeah. what the City have done. You have to give them the credit. Four and five is unbelievable. And arguably it could have been five straight if they didn't have all those injuries. But then again, Liverpool yeah. did have injuries one time as well. So it's, you know, kudos to them. They were still utterly dominant that year. Yeah. I, I to me to me I think it's hard for some people to give them their due because they spent so much and this is what the expectation mm-hmm. was but it shouldn't devalue what they accomplished because it's just it's just unbelievable like to still come back that that comeback yesterday should not be taken for granted most teams would lay over and die after that they really would and to get three in, what was it, 15 minutes, Pat? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was like seven minutes. Seven well, minutes. It, well, it was like, I think I think it was like the 2-0 in like the 73rd or 74th minute. And then they put three goals in and it was like the 84th minute, or 83rd minute. Okay. I mean, just go from there. I mean, I think I think my point my point is made. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But that's but that but that's but that shows a team's resolve, right? Like I, I'm I'm watching so I'm watching the Milan game, me and my brother watching the Milan game and I'm following so I'm following the, the score score lines for both yeah. games on Twitter and I'm I'm telling him like Nick it's three two and he's like wait really and I'm like yeah he's like what happened I'm like they scored three goals and like but that's just that's just kind of the embodiment of Pep Guardiola and the city squad right Blink an eye, they put up three on you quickly. But weirdly, weirdly, Matt, the records <laughs> that they had when trailing at half time under Pep, they'd only ever won five games. It had to be. Do you think that has anything to do with what happened against Real Madrid? I think it does. Yeah. I think it clearly does. Because yeah. you play for pride. Because at that point, no offense, even if even if Liverpool is, is a worthy winner, right? And, and, and City probably shouldn't hang their heads on if they lost that title. 
it's a it's a downward mental spiral. Oh, massive. massive it absolutely bad. is. It absolutely is. Also, and, what you what you want for players that are coming in, like Haaland, for mm, example, mm. you want them to be coming into a, as you said, a positive mental. You don't want him to come in and be like, oh, you know, pressure's on. I've now got to help them win the quadruple. You want to be like, I'm coming to the Champions with the best team in England, and we know we we need to win the Champions League at some point. But there isn't the pressure where it's like, oh, you're the guy we brought in to yeah. win everything. After you're we one of the you're one of it. the guys. You're yeah. one of the guys, not but, the but, guy. But also, you're just coming into a like winning team winning which wouldn't have changed that much i don't think but i just think it's that kind of nuance the pressure difference because they're going to go through another cycle right like we've got i think mara's is gone i think well yeah, if, Mahrez... we can, if we want to segue into what we're talking about next i think mara's is easily going to real madrid at this point maybe but i mean look mara's sterling jesus gundern they all have one year left I, uh, Fernandinho is going on a free. I don't, I think, is it Zinchenko's got two year left? I need to have a look I think at... he stays. I don't really see that one. But still, you could have a lot of movement, right? Sure, um, sure. So, I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. Let's see. I'm just trying to look at contracts here. I was just looking yeah. through a picture real quick. Just side note, we forgot to give credit to your boy, Ivan Gazidis. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good job by him. And glad to hear that he's uh, healthy and doing healthy as now. well and doing that. Look, sometimes uh, things don't work out in certain clubs and they work mm-hmm. out a certain. It's like, um, is it Luis Campos that's just moved to? Um, it did. It, We'll, get, we'll, we'll talk about how many that, times then. did i scream and shout about that on this podcast <laughs> about, but like you've, you been, see some... you've been beaten by him twice and you still don't hire but but who is the who is the who's the is it who, which sporting director went to at monkey when he went from Sevilla being like the best in the business to roma, oh, to roma and, it, and it didn't work out mm-hmm. sometimes it's just an environment but just just quickly before i forget Raheem Sterling, Jesus, Riyad Mahrez, Ike Gundogan, all one year left in the summer. 2024 running out. Phil Foden, Rodri, Carl Walker and Zinchenko all have two years left. Do you think those first three definitely get extended? Um, you think Kyle Walker does? Yeah, 100%. He's, He's going to be a full-time center back in, in a year or two, correct? Uh, I mean, when he slows down, probably, but it does not look like he's slowed down at all <laughs> recently. But mm. um, anyway, let's talk, let's switch gears a little bit. The last thing we want to talk about, PSG, not because of anything on the pitch, but crazily mm. enough, Kylian Mbappe, it looked like he was going to Real Madrid all ends up, right? Has decided to stay um and that is probably the biggest transfer news say ever i know messi to psg was crazy neymar to psg was crazy but i, I think I, since neymar because neymar, neymar changed since neymar, I think yeah. neymar financially changed the market yeah forever. i think i'm, I'm sure I'm trying to feel like how I felt when those things happens. I think Neymar is the, the best comp, but it's crazy. Like you couldn't believe the Neymar thing happened and the same way you couldn't believe this either. I don't feel, I, I don't man, feel, yeah. I don't, I don't feel honestly, the way the money's being thrown around these days. I, I don't, I didn't feel anything when I saw it, to be honest with you. I, I truly, like I, I looked, I wasn't just like, wow, they're giving him this much money. I'm like, Oh yeah. Well, cause let's, let's be honest here. If we're calling a spade a spade here, the rules don't apply to every club like they do to certain other clubs. Right. So, the fact that PSG were basically uh, so highly desperate to keep this guy because last year it looked like he was pretty much all but certain to leave for Real Madrid because they denied 100 plus million for him and they got so much money that they're saying we'd rather let the guy walk than take 120 million for a player of this caliber. 
And then basically they, they threw literally everything you could possibly think of to keep killing Mbappe. And when I saw it, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, this is, this is what the sport is. Not for every club. Certain clubs are spending differently and they're a little bit more meticulous and methodical with how they approach, um, you know, re-signing players and giving out contracts. But uh, they just looked at the numbers. I don't know how true they are, but a hundred million signing bonus, the guys or a hundred million per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the signing bonus was like ridiculous, like upwards of like 200 million or something. Bigger than most teams transfer. And, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking this, this is a drop in the bucket for them. And then the 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 player the player at the at, at the conference press conference you know I thought I I thanked Real Madrid for it you know but this was the best place for me which is translation they paid me more money absolutely they paid me more money right like let's let's be honest here he wanted to go to Real Madrid we all kind of agree there right like uh, that's gonna happen at some point he ain't gonna be a PSG lifer in my opinion but at the same time I look at these things and I really question not question but I really start to look at and analyze how much player power you see um, in football and how I could also kind of correlate it to what we see in the NBA. Because if yeah. a player wants to leave, they're getting their wish. Otherwise, they'll sit out. Yeah, so it's really and American it, sports. That's like the NFL. It's, that's NFL. It's become such a thing where it's like the main commodity of what, why we're watching this sport and why we're spending money to travel to games and buy jerseys is because of the player, not because some rich owner. So... Mm-hmm. If, if Kylian Mbappe said 100 million is not enough, they would say, "All right, what 150? No, I want but like, 200." When numbers get that staggering, right? <laughs> Can you even say no? Why? No. Why? Why? Did, like did, all did. these people on the internet saying that, like, oh, you chose it. He's Shut 20, he's 20, he can go for yeah, free yes. in 2025 again. Or or he can go for a fee in 2024. He can use it for leverage again. They're never selling him, by the way. When's the last time PSG has sold a player? Did they sell Ibrahimovic to United or the, he, he walked? But it's it's kind of, it's it's like, um, what's the saying? A The amount a team loses on a free transfer only matters if they can't afford to lose that money. There's like w- w- Arsenal have been talking about a link to Gabriel Jesus, who's uh, got a year left and we're being quoted like 50, 55 million pounds. And Arsenal Sorry, fans are like, yeah. that's crazy. He's got a year left on his deal. It's like, yeah, but City don't care if they lose out on that money. That's like an absolute drop in the ocean. That's what I'm saying. They like, don't mm-hmm. care. PSG it's the same with PSG. The for free. They, they'd rather let a player leave for free because it's almost as if they have so much pride we're not going to sell a player. We're not going to they be. Do, yeah. We're not going to be beaten down for a price. If he wants to leave, he's going to let his contract. Bro, run. They, they, Di Maria, they, they, Di Maria left. He didn't get sold. No, no offense. That was the greatest offer ever received in football last August by PSG from Real Madrid. That uh, that genuinely is. We're cl- talking close to two hundred million euros for a player with one year left on his deal, and they said no. Yeah. They said no, but, 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 but you start also, looking at the commercial aspects of it. You look at the fact that how much was resting on this season for PSG. Basically, okay, fine, you can get you can offer us two hundred million, but we know damn well we're not going to get a player that's similar for two hundred million, and we're trying to get a Champions League. So we'd rather take that plunge towards the Champions League and let the guy leave for free potentially than sell him and and not be able to adequately replace him. That's Louis, really what it comes down my, to my, that my, much money. Well, I have questions for both of you now, if it don't mind, because I really <laughs> want to talk about the outlook of PSG, because it's really fascinating at this point. So you know Mbappe's staying. C- can I just ask a question before you ask that question, Martina? Sure, sure, sure. What sure. do you guys make of the rumors of the, you, you know, what the, the rumors about him, him having, having so much power? In the- well, that's where <laughs> that's my question is, why you got to let me ask the question. Go on, go on. <laughs> well, first of all, 
Me and Matt are desensitized to this because we watch LeBron James in the NBA. If you don't think that man has uh, a saying power in any of the moves that happen, and a lot of other players, depending on the organization, right? There's the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat. Those are organizations run from top to bottom, right? Like, you're not going to see a player go to Real Madrid and try and have a say in what happens over there, right? A big say over Florentino Perez, or just as big of a say. For me, my question was this. Does he have that say in who the next manager is? I think so. My question is this. Who do they get? Because the rumor is Zidane does not want to go there. He wants to take over the French, France job at oh, really? this World Club. I that, thought that's it was what I've seen. done that he was going to be. Well, well, then again, welcome to football reporting. 99% yeah. bullshit, 1%. You have to see the official announcement. Well, um, Conte and, was the, the latest rumor, I suppose. Uh, who, who knows, man? It's, we're probably going to see another dozen by the time this podcast is over with. Um, and then I mean this episode, not Wednesday to play. Um, <laughs> and then Luis Campos. I think Luis Campos is the best thing that can happen to PSG besides Mbappe's day. I swear, I swear in my life. My question now is... What's the relationship between him and other players within that locker room or dressing yeah. room? What happens with Navas? What happens with fixing the midfield? Wijnaldum was non-existent for a player who's getting astronomical fees. Do they relaunch a bid for Paul Pogba and try and steal him away from the clutches of Juventus? Mm-hmm. What happens with Neymar? Does Neymar like... Neymar leaves. He leaves you, within a year or two. I truly believe he does. To why, though? Exactly. And... and, 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 and I haven't put too much thought into actually where he will go. But, <laughs> no, no, Fair. listen, but listen. At the same time, all of these players have egos. Mm. Yeah, they but you know, you know, Neymar you know. came into this team at PSG as the guy. This was his team. Record fee. He's going to be the face of this PSG project moving forward. They get Kim Mbappe for less money. Now he's looking over his shoulder. He's like, Kim Mbappe is the guy now. He's got all this power. He gets to choose the coach. He gets to choose this. He gets to choose that. He's making way more money than me. He's the star of this squad. A lot of these guys have egos. And I think you're going to start to see with Neymar where he's going to say, you know, I want, I can still be the main guy somewhere. Is it, is it back to Barcelona? Who knows? They're, they're a team that will do anything at this they point. Can, they can't, they can't, they can't. I don't think they can. That's one. Is it maybe Real Madrid? I know these play, a lot of these guys say that they will never play for this club or that club or a rival. Well, Ronaldo was kind of close, apparently, to playing for Manchester City last year before he went to Man, Man United. I think there's something about this, this transfer, uh, this um, renewal for Mbappe specifically that's going to set the domino effect down because now this guy's, this, he's got the keys to everything. I think it depends on Neymar's contract, right? Because we have to. Did he extend with that deal, or no? Did he go to twenty twenty four? It's twenty twenty six, isn't it? Is, is it twenty twenty six? It's twenty twenty five, uh, yeah. according to transfer market. There we so, go. if you say Real Madrid, right? I'm not. I totally get where you're coming from, Matt. It would have to be in three years. I don't think those two sides are absolutely going to be negotiating. Why would they? <laughs> There's so much bad blood, dude. They literally La Liga want to go tattletale to you with. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, oh! They're they're but, doing something with finances. You get my point, though. Like, do you no, really? No, I get, think I get that your point. going to take a back seat to this. No, no, no. Of course, years? but it's like, but it's like, how? But but how would it happen to Real Madrid? It's just my only question. I just kind of don't see that. As a, I totally get it. I totally get, it. and I agree with you. But I just kind of like you need two to tango, and I don't see how they're going to negotiate unless it's being an astronomical fee. And if you're PSG, Matt, like. Why would you want to negotiate with Real Madrid at this point without quoting them for like 150 to 200 million for Neymar? I like, you know what I mean? It's, it's real tough. A lot of people's minds. That's sure. what I'm saying. Sure. 
What you would know, you offer if you're real? You, know, you might think of it. You might think of it this way now, but people look at look at what people did for what, what Paul Pogba. He literally said, "I was on vacation at Juventus." <laughs> now he's leaving Manchester United sure, sure, free sure. again, and fans are, "Oh, come on! He left us for free. He did this." No one gives a damn if one the player's getting paid and he's happy. Two, he's producing. No one gives it. No one gives a crap. I also That's don't. I also reality don't. Of the sport. I, like, I, I, I understand the the talks broke down for Real Madrid with Kim Mbappe. I get that, but if if now Mbappe is going to be at the, for, the at the heart of this project and he's the main guy for the foreseeable future, I just don't see where Neymar is going to take a back seat. With given his the, there's nothing else for him to accomplish at PSG besides winning a Champions League. And if we're being honest, I don't know if they can actually win one. I just don't know if they have that kind of pedigree to get over the hump. I think City are better. I think there's Real Madrid are better. I think there's a handful of teams that just have more in them to win a Champions League. Milan have a better midfield than PSG. So that that's basically the point I'm trying to make here is uh, how long do you see a guy like Neymar just willing to take a backseat role? Player you think, power. You think he United? Wow. He can maybe is it is it Premier League? I don't know if he'll last in the Premier League. No way. To be honest, he has an awful injury record. But Physically, maybe he's back to Barcelona. Like. Uh, I don't know. Barca, Maybe. Barca. There's rumors that they could barely even afford Frank Kessie coming, and they're and they're <laughs> launching. It looks like your boy Louis headed there for 35 million euros. Is like, it, and his agent saying he's not going to want to stay with Bayern, and Bayern are going to probably have that like hand for us. It's just player power. Exactly, exactly. So because it's leverage. For, yeah, it's leverage. It's all leverage. That's what it is. I think PSG are not going to win the Champions League next year. I don't think they have enough for that. I'm sorry, I just don't see that. Um, Di Maria is a bigger loss than what some people want to let on too. By the way, they have to figure out that Navas and, and Donnarumma situation. Navas is saying, "Yeah, no, nah, it'll be okay," and then Donnarumma is like, "Nah, they'll figure it out," and then I'll be staying as goalkeeper. There's a lot of friction in that locker room, and there's a lot of drama in there. And I don't know. It's it's interesting. I get your point though. I just it's. I do think – I think if a side – I'm not saying Neymar would be successful in the Prem. I think if there were to be a team anywhere in the world to try and make a move for a player like that, it would be a Premier League team at this point because there's no one else that could that, could, that would do it. Italy can't do it. No team in Germany could do it. He's I don't think La Liga would do 31 it. 31 in February. Like – I have a team then. I think he's say, – yeah, he's saying he's staying this contract out because – He's on crazy money till 2025. I, pff, he's been the face of the franchise for a while, and now he won't be anymore with Mbappe. But like, you think he pulls like a Mesuroso, where he just like rather than having the opportunity to play elsewhere and maybe achieve something else, just basically saying I'm getting paid so much money that no one else can match this that I'm just going to sit on the bench if I. I, I think he gives I us think... all for this year for Brazil, and then he rides off and doesn't give a fuck. I think there's a chance end of this contract he goes either back to Brazil for a year or he goes to the MLS. It's also crazy that we're talking about Neymar, a player that I saw live at like at age 17 years old. It's okay, he's going to be 32. Did you really? I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, I saw I saw him. Um, it was actually Brazil versus U.S. men's national team at MetLife when like it was one of the first events. This was back in like 2010, I think, 2009. Oh, yeah. Um, Pato was there. Uh, I think Acosta was getting reps. But yeah, Neymar with like Jeez. the little like um, the nasal strip and like the toucan yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. he was 17, 18 years old. Like I watching now we're talking about a guy who's going to be thirty two soon. It's kind of weird. Anyway, I think we'll probably <laughs> wrap up there. Um, three big talking points there. Obviously, Milan winning. Well, well, we gotta we gotta have a prediction for Saturday. 
Yeah, oh. we should round out with that because we're so not going to have I'm, an episode. I'm actually going to be in Barcelona. Um, so I'm sure the entire city will be sporting Liverpool and my girlfriend's well, we, a Liverpool fan. So no, that's, that's true. Well, there's two, yeah. well, there's two things we need to talk about. I think we need to talk about the super, super massive trophy that's taking place on Wednesday for the Europa Conference League. Oh, Jose yeah. Mourinho and Roma t- facing off against Fairnude. I think Roma win. I genuinely do. I think Mo's the guy to get that over the hump. And he is going to be a peg below what Francesco Totti is in Rome. I really do. I, I, when it's said and done over there, I think he wins this trophy. I think Tammy Abraham is going to be like a cult hero. Um, I think he stays one more season and then he's back to England. For me, Saturday, shit, man. I'll tell you what. I think Liverpool is going to win, but never say never with this Real Madrid mentality. It's really, it's a real fascinating group. It's like, it's like when they, it's really funny how Real Madrid has become an underdog in all of this, where everybody's like rooting for them. Personally, I'm rooting for them because I don't want to see Liverpool tie seven. Matt, I'm sure you might agree with that. And we're, and we're team, uh, we're team Carlo. So uh, I'm, I'm team Ancelotti and I'm a big fan of Vinny Jr. I personally believe Liverpool's a better side and I think they win, but I'm rooting for Real Madrid to win. I will say 2 nothing Liverpool. Mo Salah gets his revenge, and Liverpool gets number seven. Well, let's see what happens there. Uh, you have no I, prediction from anyone. Well, they've got Thiago and. I'm making brief. I'm going two. I'm going two one Real Madrid. Oh, okay. I, I have a sneaky feeling Madrid are going to win. I'm going Junior goals. I have a. I had this. I have a sneaky feeling Madrid are going to win. No Fabinho, no Thiago in in central midfield. That that's confirmed. I only saw Thiago was was a uh, was probably a no. Is Salah fully fit? Is Van Dijk fully fit? Like. I'm th- the one team you don't want to play in world football without your midfield. Is Real Madrid. Is, who have three all time central midfielders who on their day can still be amazing. And arguably the only midfielder better than a teenager on their team at this point is Luka Modric. I personally think Kamavinga has had a better Champions League campaign this season than Casemiro and Cruz, especially in the knockout stage. <sighs> Damn. Definitely better than Cruz this I don't think it's that spicy to say he's better than Cruz this year in the knockouts. Cruz hasn't done almost anything. No? Am I that crazy? That I'm met with silence? No. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't think you're crazy at all. <laughs> Whatever, I can't be bothered today. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm, going, <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm going. 2-1. 2-1 Real Madrid as well. Uh, um, Just copying Matt. Anyway. Let's wrap up there because I've got to run. Uh, Matt, where can people find out more about you? On Twitter, at Matt underscore Santangelo. Got some, uh, I guess, post-season of Serie A season articles coming out for Football Italia. So make sure you guys go check those out. And also, we'll have tons of transfer discussion and live streaming on the Milan Reports Twitch channel. So go make sure to follow us there. By the way, a uh, bunch of people in New York City were asking about it, by the way. So told them uh, go over to you. They had no idea I left it. I was like, I, lef- I left it like eight months ago. I was like, good, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so biased. Um and yeah, I guess I'll go. Just follow me on Twitter at Martino Puccio. Go follow everything, all things uh, proper football at PF one thirty seven PM on Twitter, proper uh, proper football on Instagram. TikTok's been amazing. I've compounded my numbers. I've been in for sixty days. I've gotten over five million views with some of the stuff like that. It's it's insane. That app, guys, I'm telling you, if you're not on it yet, you're not putting kind this is for any listener, this is for Matt, this is for Pat. If you're not on there, you're insane. And I'm not trying to quote my boss Gary V, but like just constantly make them. Just put out whatever you can. 
And yeah, thanks for everyone for tuning into State of Play. It's finally this is the first trophy in the state, or no, actually this is the the second one. How many did uh, Arsenal win? We won the FA Cup in 2019. That's it. That's the only one the, in the, the state co- of play. The COVID one, yeah. So we got an FA Cup and a Scudetto now. There we go. There we go. Big on the <laughs> on the come up now. Only took us a couple of years. Jeez. Oh, um, so what, what, last thing, is there a reason why we didn't talk about uh, Conte getting top four? Uh, I said he would. No. I said he would if he was he getting ex- once a week. He got extremely lucky, didn't he? Um, <laughs> you're basically you're a Tommy Asu or party injury away from you know nowhere near. Bella, he's four. managing Spurs. He deserves he's got, some he, luck. He, he's got he's got the two best finishers of all time in the Premier League. Kulisevsky and uh... no Son and Kane. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cool. Although mean. although my Kulu stocks are on Absolutely. fire, aren't yeah. they, Tina? Absolutely, Absolutely. Absolutely. You're a big, you're a big Kulu backer. Oh, and, and John, and <laughs> my John. only my only my only thing to hang on from that. And shout out, shout out to So Rare and John Nellis. He called me a beautiful uh, bastard because I told him I'm into Kalulu. Yeah, I saw he won a prize this week. So yeah, uh, I mean, with Kalulu, I mean, guys, we gotta we gotta set it up. We'll we'll have to do a podcast where where Matt and I walk Pet through MLB's So Rare and and Pet oh helps us. yeah, that would be funny. That would be so funny. <laughs> oh Whenever they do that on the, on the YouTube channel. Oh my <laughs> yeah, goodness, yeah, yeah. Matt, imagine we have to we have to explain who Rafael Devers is to. <laughs> I, all I want is like football comps. Like this guy is like the Richarlison of MLB. Well, Richarlison of MLB. I could hit you with something with that. Um, probably Corey Seager at this point, right, Matt? Texas Rangers and Everton and a talented player that costs a ton of money and has some good moments, but he's, he's, he's largely irrelevant at this point. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. We don't want to get another baseball thing to wrap up here. So what, what I think we're going to do over the summer, we'll do some transfer specials when people are on, you know, not mm. abroad, but also what I think would be cool is because I think there's going to be a lot of teams in transition. We could do like rebuilding X club. Well, not yes. rebuilding, but you know what I mean? Like we could do like get some guests on too. Yeah. Transfer special on like a specific club. We could do like Milan, Arsenal to start with. Then we could rebuilding do, uh, Juventus or United, rebuilding Juve, whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We can keep going through them. Rebuilding United would be a good one too. <laughs> but I thought what we could do is if it's the three of us, we can pick one, we can pick like positions that they need. And then all of us pick one player that they could get. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Anyway, you can find me at Pet Barisha on Twitter, P E T B E R I S H A, and then you can find us on at State of Play Pod on Twitter. Subscribe, uh, leave us a review, and all that good stuff. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great week. <laughs>